Welcome to Sisterhood Rising. We are your hosts, Cheyenne and Sav, and we welcome you into our circle where we share our real and raw experiences with all things womanhood. We believe healing happens when women gather, sharing and supporting each other through all of life's moments. Here, we will share everything from the mundane to the magical. So let's dive in, sister. Hello, and welcome back to the Sisterhood Rising podcast. We are your hosts, Cheyenne and Sav. And today we are joined by our super special guests. Uh, mine and Savannah's husbands, Eric and Chris, are joining us today. You guys want to say hi? What up? How's it going, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> And they are joining us today to talk all things fatherhood. Eric is a first-time dad, and Chris is a father of three. So I think we're going to get some interesting perspectives here today, um, as well as some personality differences here today. <laughs> yeah, this is going to go swimmingly. <laughs> so we we're just going to uh, we're just going to shoot them some interview-style questions and see what they have to say. Should we like intro them, like how we met them, da da da? Yeah. What if the people want to know? About what if they want to know I about am? them? You okay. know? Yes. Yes. All right. Tell us about yourself. Plug, no, no, no. You tell us your, about us. Plug your Instagram. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Twitch.tv. <laughs> <laughs> you tell us about us. No, I think that would be more exciting. That's the point of the guest no, 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 no. part. I think it would be more exciting if you got to tell us about us. We do every week. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we talk about you guys all the time. All right. Well, um, so I'm Chris, married to Savannah. Um, so I, I grew up uh, a second oldest child of six. Uh, my dad worked a couple of different jobs. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, went through school in a rural environment. I uh, went to university for sport management. Uh, met Savannah at university. Uh, and we kind of started our lives pretty quickly from uh, from graduation. Um, we we had our first child. We got married, uh, moved, you know, 100 million miles away from everything. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then had two more kids as we kind of slowly migrated back to uh, to closer to home. So sort of a quick snapshot of uh, of me and us. <laughs> it's very well done. <laughs> Was very well done. I won't be able to compare. All right, babe, take it away. Uh, I'm Eric, married to Cheyenne. Um, very, very normal childhood. Um, mom and dad both worked. Uh, I went to school in and around where we grew up. Uh, went away to college, took police foundations. Uh, I guess I met Cheyenne in high school and started dating then. You and did? What? Yeah, high school sweethearts. Aww. Um, Don't sound so happy about it. <laughs> dated for 10 years. Uh, got married on our 10th anniversary. And had a kid shortly thereafter. And here we are. Fascinating snaps, stuff. Snaps, snaps for intros. Snaps to you yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> um... All right. What are tell us some interesting facts? What is your job, your hobby, and your favorite food? Uh, I can go first. There, um, job Best Buy. I work at Best Buy. I am a uh, senior operations, uh, basically in one of the ones in charge of customer service. 
uh, hobby, I guess, would be video games. No. What kind uh, of video games, Eric? Are you famous? You want to drop um, that handy or what? No, not famous. <laughs> I don't think we should put any handies on the podcast, guys. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you can find me on Twitch. Dad joke one. <laughs> play, play a lot of shooter games. Um, that's kind of what I do. And... <laughs> What I what what my favorite snack is is fruit. I don't know all fruit. True. I ate an entire watermelon the other day. It was quite fan, like fantastic. Eric was the one that taught me that you can eat the kiwi skin. Ugh, I was the shook. best part of the kiwi. I was shook. <laughs> I remember finding you in the kitchen eating it, and I was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> it's the best part. I think it's the least flavorful, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. So I. Uh, I work at the University of Toronto. Uh, I am the uh, tri-campus sports manager. So what that means is I run uh, all of the intramural and recreational programming for students. Uh, it's one of the largest programs in North America. So um, I have quite a bit to do that way administratively. Um, in terms of uh, what my hobbies are, I also tend to play a lot of video games, um, <laughs> but I'm also pretty passionate <laughs> about sport. And so the pandemic has been pretty tough because we haven't been able to get out and do much. Um, so looking forward to getting back into doing that. Um, and there's some pretty nice tennis courts just down the street. So that's uh, hopefully op soon. optimistic, optimistic. <laughs> they'll be able to get out and do that. Uh, and I also enjoy golfing. So um, typical dad things. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then in terms of food, um, I mean, I'll snacks, eat, I eat pretty babe. much everything. Food, oh, sorry, snacks. She said favorite food. She oh. did say favorite food. Did I? But oh, you did. Okay. You did. Eric um, gave a snack. Okay. Well. <laughs> Um, it's also a food. It is a food. <laughs> I, uh, well, what kind of snack do I like? I like chips, really. Sour, sour cream sour and onion, cream potato and onion. chips uh, would, would be the winner in the snack category. Good stuff. And baconators. And baconators mm. as a snack. <laughs> yes. Casual, Casual snack. snacks. Casual <laughs> uh, Baconators, yeah. <laughs> that is my usual go to late night snack. So, <laughs> <a> baconator. <laughs> And some JBCs. <laughs> of course. You can't have a Baconator without a JBC. Just as a snack. Well, you can. <laughs> yes, as a snack. you do not. <laughs> All right. Let's hit them with the big questions. Um, so, growing up, did you, you have, like, a deep desire to be a father? Was there a push towards fatherhood at any point? Were you, like, carrying around your dolls, like, daddy gang or... <laughs> Dad gang. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if there was hashtags back then necessarily. So no, I didn't, I didn't do any hashtag dad gang uh, situations. But uh, no, I, I mean, for, I mean, for for me, I don't think um, I can't say I put a lot of thought into or, or, or sort of investment into like you know, do I want to be a dad or do I not want to be a dad? I think I was very career and work focused um, through school, through um, you know, after graduation, I was very much you know do all of the, the check boxes, right. You know, get the, get the degree, get the house, get the, the career set in place. Um, so for me, um, fatherhood wasn't necessarily something I was, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily a top priority for me, um, kind of going in through, you know, I was very much focused on doing really well in school, playing a lot of sports, you know, engaging in a lot of different things that I could, um, you know, that way. What about you? Uh, I'm, as you'll see with a lot of the responses I have, I'm very good with the flow. So I'm like, I don't think I ever had like a push to be a father. Um, I never really 
again, put thought into being a father. I'm, 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 I'm definitely happy. I am a father, but I'm not like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't have gone. I guess my answer is I, I'm, my thought process wasn't, yeah, let's have a kid kind of idea right away, you know? Mm-hmm. So did you guys have uh, initial fears about becoming a dad, um, worries that came up when you found out that we were expecting, anything along those lines? Uh, I can take the first one there. Um, fears, not really. I mean, I was obviously concerned, I, I would say money-wise, just to make sure that I would be able to provide for an extra human being living and breathing and eating and <laughs> breathing um, takes up like, a lot of money i would say well yeah you know you got to pay for that h2o as well you got to get the waters in there um already sounds expensive I, yeah <laughs> terribly expensive um no i wouldn't say i was like that that would kind of be my only my only thought process in regards to fears or worries I, i'm again pretty chill about things and was able to just kind of roll, roll with it all. And um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. I would, I would say um, the initial fears in becoming a father. I think, um, I think one of the first things that you think about, or I thought about um, once I've told me that we were expecting was, was sort of an adequacy question. Like, would I be a good father? Like how, how would I make sure that um, I could do the best I could for this, this child? Um, you know, worries, obviously, um, I'm, I'm sure Sav's talked about it before, but I'm very practical. I'm very, uh, money focused. I'm very, what are you um, talking about? I would have never talked about no, I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that would have never come up at any point in any conversation. Our practical Virgo. What are you talking about? No, that's not me at all. Um, yeah, I, so, so I would agree. I think, um, you know, the ability to provide and, and, you know, the opportunity to, um, you know, to have enough money and make sure that we were financially stable. Uh, those are all concerns. Those are all things that uh, I would have thought about and uh, and been kind of worried about um, knowing that we, you know, we would have another mouth to feed and we would, our lives would change significantly. And, and, you know, even the flip side of that, of, you know, you guys as mothers wouldn't have the opportunity to, to provide resources or income. Um, so sort of replacing that opportunity cost as well. Um, you know, just things to that, that would be considered or that I would have been thinking about or concerned about, um, you know, knowing that we were expecting. What were, okay, did you, did you guys do anything interesting or funny when you told him <laughs> that you were expecting? Um, I mean, I feel like, what did I do for Archie? I feel like Archie was the only one I did anything for. I, I did a... Scrabble board. A Scrabble like shadow box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I gr- glued. Actually, it was banana gram pieces. Mm. <laughs> and I like spelled out everybody's name, and I was like, "Baby Arnie, number two. And I don't think he like understood at first. I think he thought, "Did you think I was just showing you my craft?" Yeah, kind of. <laughs> he just looked at it. He's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> And then the the positive pregnancy test was taped to the back of it. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, oh okay, yeah. I see what this oh. is now. <laughs> <laughs> he just thought I was in my office crafting. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, wasn't uncommon. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> Truth. And then for Rhett, um, I wrote it on a soother because <laughs> I was lazy. <laughs> and I chucked it at him in the living room. <laughs> Third child problems. Third child problems. 
It was cute it was in funny. its own way. Mm. Yeah, no, I like it. <laughs> how how did you tell Eric about Link? I so I had a suspicion like a few days before Father's Day. And so I waited until like I didn't say anything. Meanwhile, in my mind, I'm like, holy shit. But I didn't say <laughs> anything. And then we woke up Father's Day morning and I woke him up and I said, Happy Father or what did I say? I said, Did I say happy Father's Day? Or something. I said I some know. something along those lines, and I was like something about this is this might be your first Father's Day or something. And then <laughs> this man makes me drive down to Shoppers Drug Mart <laughs> to get a pregnancy test, <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, no, go find out for real. Like, <laughs> are you sure?" <laughs> he's still in bed, so I drive down to the Shoppers, get the pregnancy test. It was positive, and then. You guys I are so to go romantic. For, I need to go so for brunch cute. with my dad, I think. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's about it. Did <laughs> I fall asleep in, in between you going to you, the store? I think you probably did go back to sleep while I went to shoppers. It's probably guys, up late. If, if you guys could turn that into a movie, I think it would rival the notebook. <laughs> yeah, true. Thank you. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds clearly plays me. Though. Oh, I would say for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, certainly. Um... All right. What was your experience during pregnancy? How much fun was that for you? Uh, I don't think much <laughs> changed for me, to be honest with you. And Chris's reaction says something different Ooh. for him, but I, I don't. Not much changed for me. There was. Uh, I mean, Cheyenne was probably a little moodier, and like that, that's like <laughs> that's I don't know. Probably a safe bet. And yeah. she had some swollen ankles that I had to massage, but like that's. <laughs> Probably more or less what changed. I mean, I got to eat a lot of snacks. That was good. <laughs> Influx of snacks in the house. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, we've we've obviously had three pregnancies um, to kind of draw experience from. And I think they've all been sort of unique Different. in their own way. Um, you know, I think generally speaking, um, I think Archie's was probably your hardest pregnancy. Although Rhett's was probably difficult as well. I wouldn't necessarily say difficult, but um, I think you, you had a lot of fatigue. I think there was a lot of um, fatigue. Well, like soreness. It's hard as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fatigue. It wasn't light. <laughs> and of course, all of our children are enormous. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's the added, you know, 400 pounds to, to carry around. Uh, look at this head. I mean, that's, you know, you can draw your own conclusions. It's but, a podcast. Uh, they can't look at your head. Okay. Well, uh, picture that watermelon that Eric was talking about earlier. Um, that's, that's about the size of my head um no so i think um i think there was a lot of um kind of shouldering some some of those responsibilities um for for me and um you know helping with you know trying to help alleviate some of those discomforts and fatigues and um you know and trying to to sort of manage having other children already in the house because i think that was a um a bit of a challenge as well so um yeah i think during the pregnancy period you know, she this is a very political answer to say she was shit. She was so moody and so swollen and so tired. They ask you what the experience was like for me, right? So, um, so what I'm saying the experience for me was was there was a lot of support required. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I relied on you to do all of it. Near the end, I was like, "Bye. I'm gonna go take a nap." 
There's definitely, I guess there was some, there was some mornings where I'd have to go pick up Cheyenne because she had to get off the bus for morning sickness. That, that was probably the difference. True. <laughs> Having to wake up earlier to go pick her up. <laughs> While I'm vomiting on the side of the road. True. Oh my God. <clears throat> um, when did all of it like become real for you? Like when did becoming a parent, what was that moment? That's kind of hard to say really. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's not really real when you just say, Hey, I'm pregnant. Like it's, I don't think that's the moment that it becomes real. I think, you know, even for me, like going through the, you know, here's sort of planning out what this is going to look like. And here's like the things that we need to buy. And here's like setting up a room. Like those, those kinds of things didn't really make it real for me as much. Um, because it always felt like, Oh, we've got, you know, a few months. Oh, we've got a few more weeks. Or, oh, like, you know, baby's not here yet kind of thing. Like it's all still normal. It's all still the same. Um, but I, I guess like in, in that way, um, you know, when Theo was born and we were in the hospital and, you know, we, we you know, I, I watched that miracle of life happen and, and <laughs> here comes my kid arm first. Um, you know, it's like, that's, it's kind of a, it's a really cool moment. And then like, you know, you, you hear them cry and like, you get to hold them and like, you see kind of, um, you know, this is is me half of me you know <laughs> um i think that's kind of the the sort of real moment for me okay but he's like 80 percent you so <laughs> i mean statistically <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd probably agree with that statement for the most part uh when link was born is probably when it became like the most real for me being in the hospital and like watching him take his first breath and everything um I would say like it started becoming real to me when I was able to be there for one of the ultrasounds. It was being able to be there for it, whether it be from work or whatever else was probably when it started becoming real for me myself. Um, and then definitely when like being there while he took his first breath was the, the Oh shit moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. What's, what's a way that you feel like society has let fathers down? Like are the, where are the expectations or things that are not discussed? Like, did you feel prepared becoming a dad or all of that jazz? <clears throat> I'd, I'd say I definitely like, as I said, I'm, I'm pretty chill about things and relaxed about things, you know, having to, not be there because I'm at work constantly. And like, it's now at the point where I see link for maybe an hour or two in the morning and then 10, 15 minutes at night before he goes to sleep. So having to be there for not much of anything, getting it all by video kind of, I don't know if I was, was expecting to be there for more of it, I guess, I, I guess would be my, my thought on that. I'm like, there was the first two weeks when Link was born that I was able to take paternity leave and be home or whatever, uh, and, and be there to support Cheyenne and Link and like watch that two week period. But then kind of past that, it's, I come home and he's walking, I come home and he's running, I come home and he's mm -hmm. saying things, you know, it's, it's a crazy experience to see all of that, but it would be another thing to be home for it all, you know? Yeah. So like that expectation of the provider role, the nine to five provider role. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, I think society expects the the father to, to be the, the person to provide, you know, what they need. And, uh, and sort of the counter to that is they expect that the father doesn't 
care or want to or need to be a part of any of those first moments or any of those sort of meaningful moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, that maybe that's changing, um, you know, demographically or societally, that's, that's probably shifting. Um, but I think, you know, when push comes to shove, it's, it's the father's role to go and make sure it all makes, you know, it all links together. It's the glue um, to, to kind of hold it all together, um, you know, in terms of the house and, and finances and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, society doesn't always recognize that father's role in the child's life either, you know, to, to be there as a role model and to be there as, you know, you know, to bond the same way that the mother does. Um, and you'll never bond the same way as the mother does necessarily, but, um, but to build a bond of your own with your son or your daughter, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think is something that society still doesn't necessarily see as, as critical or as important. Mm-hmm. And, and being a father with the fortune of being able to spend, you know, I work from home for the university and have for the last 18 months. And I've spent so much more time with my kids than, than I would have been able to working in Toronto and being gone for exactly as Eric says, you know, leaving at seven in the morning and not getting home till seven at night, you know, seeing my kids for like 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really appreciative that, um, that the other societal expectation of go to work <laughs> has shifted over the last 18 months. And I haven't had to leave the house to go and be able to provide for my family. So um, I've been able to, to kind of um, overcome some of those expectations and still spend that time and, and build those quality connections and bonds with my kids. Mm-hmm. I think the, the lack of recognition of the importance that like the role that fathers play, I think has really been broadcast especially with COVID and the fact that like a lot of fathers aren't able to attend prenatal appointments or like be part of the early birthing process, even like be present for some of that, um, I think is a really obvious statement towards that. Yeah. I think too, like the fact that we as a society have also like excused fathers for a lot of years from doing the things that would you know, create that bonding time or whatever, and just kind of excusing them from that so that they can go work or whatever. Like, I think that that's a really big misstep in society. And I feel like with our generation, it's like starting to change a little bit. I, I've noticed more, at least with like people our age, um, what are we all millennials, really? Well, Chris is an <laughs> 80s baby, but you know, <laughs> you're in you're an elder millennial. That's uh, cute. Geriatric <laughs> millennial. but I think with like our generation it's starting to change and that shift is um happening and like people are recognizing that that's really important too and I think that moms are recognizing that that's important and they're you know making (laughs) their partners like step into that role a little bit more which Mm -hmm. I think is necessary for the whole like Mm -hmm. society shift to happen. And and, and you see that in the workplace as well. I mean, you start to see things like parental leave as opposed to maternity leave or even paternity leave, um, you know, where you have the opportunity to take 18 months total and split that between the parents as opposed to, you know, as Eric got like two weeks uh, for the parent would would be actually, you know, pretty generous. There's a lot of, a lot of fathers that only, you know, used to get Mm -hmm. two, three days even to, Mm -hmm. and then it's back to work. Yeah, I think that's crazy. 
you know, or burn up vacation time or, or some other leave that you shouldn't have to burn up just to be a present part of your child's life, you know, for the first couple of weeks. So, um, so you definitely start to see things like that changing in the workplace and, you know, more and more fathers are taking advantage of that time, um, that has historically only been available for, for mothers and, you know, still isn't necessarily available to mothers in the States, but, you know, I'm glad that we live in Canada and have those kinds of opportunities. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were your experiences or thoughts during like labor and delivery? <laughs> Eric, you want to go holy first? Shit, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what? I, again, like you're so chill. <laughs> Eric was chill though. I was like, I was shocked at how, how chill you were, Eric. I think he was shocked at how chill he was. I, you know, I went into it not expecting to be like expecting to faint, you know, kind of <laughs> get lightheaded watching or like not being able to watch or whatever else. And I like, I, I don't know. I was able, like I was I held Shan's hand while she was taking the epidural and, and like watching the entire process happen. And I didn't think I would be able to do that myself. So I, I experienced pretty chill (laughs) (laughs) you rocked it babe yeah i was there i was present (laughs) Uh, yeah he participated um yeah no i think (laughs) i think uh, i think i had pretty different experiences for all three of them uh, quite honestly i think and honestly i think for me the labor and the pregnancy especially for theo um was a lot easier because we we had planned to go to the hospital we went to the hospital and it was um, you know, we were kind of told, you know, you, you're going to have to come in here and you either have the baby on your own or we're going to induce you. So it was kind of, it was almost planned. Like we knew what was coming. Um, and so that was a little bit easier for me, <laughs> for Theo, not the best experience, but it was easier for me to kind of you no. know, mentally handle yeah. that. Um, you know, there was doctors, there was nurses, we were in a hotel or a, a hospital room, um, you know, Eric and I played cards while, while we, you know, during <laughs> played a lot labor. of euchre. And we did play a lot of euchre. Um, so I think, you know, I was the experience of, of the labor and the, the pregnancy piece. Um, obviously, I, I, I'm super appreciative that you, know, you were there, Cheyenne, to, to be with Savannah <laughs> for a lot of it. And, um, Got you. and Eric, I appreciate you being there for, for me, right? So, um, but it, it just, it makes that a little bit easier. Um, and then the actual delivery is, you know, you're just doing everything you can to, to, you know, to somehow provide comfort <laughs> in a time that there is no comfort available. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, holding the hand or holding the water cup or, or whatever, you know, getting more ice chips, et cetera. So you're my straw, um, dude. I was, that's, you know, I did really well holding a leg and holding a water cup. So excelled. Was, 20 know, really out of good. 10. I'm a really good leg holder in case anyone is looking for the service. Uh, I can hold legs. Um, you know, with that bed they gave us. The chair. <laughs> yeah, the chair that's got an extra like cushion. I mean, um, you seem to sleep fine. <laughs> All right. So I, I mean for, for Archie, I think I had a bit of a harder time because we weren't planning to go to the hospital. And so there was a lot more uncertainty for me. Um ultimately we did end up going to the hospital because of the midwife being concerned about the high blood pressure. But um You remember was, that. Um so I think it, for me, it was a little bit more uncertain, um, just kind of leading into, okay, what's this going to look like? Like, what's a home birth going to look like? Um, you know, that, those kinds of questions that kind of got dodged a little bit because we ended up back at the hospital. And then I was like, okay, well, we're at the hospital. If something goes wrong, <laughs> here we are. And then Rhett. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Rhett, I was basically not really even a part of because I was busy scrambling back and forth. Um, I'm sure you've, you've told the viewers before about how Rhett's birth <laughs> happened, but um, you know, Rhett was born two days before we moved. We had the house packed up. Um, it was intended to be a home birth. It was always going to be a home birth. And then he was closer and closer and closer to our move date. So that was nerve wracking, um, weren't, weren't sure what was going to happen. And then, you know, when you did finally go into labor, you waited until the last possible second to kind of say, okay, we should call the midwives now. Um, midwives said they would be half an hour and then like an hour later they showed up. So I'm running back and forth with two phones in my hand waiting to see if you wanted me to call 911 or to just wait to see the midwives showed up. And then I had, you know, a nerve wracking five minutes, like watching the student midwife sit in her car across the street while I could hear you yelling from the bedroom, but like, hey, there's a head popping out, so we should probably figure this out. So, I mean, it was, you know, quite a different experience with the home birth that was, um, you know, it, it all went really smoothly. You did, you know, you were fantastic. And, um, you know, I just, I wasn't really a part of the labor delivery at all for Rhett because by the time the midwives got there and I was kind of, you know, back in the room i mean rhett was there so it was kind of um mm -hmm. you know i would almost i would almost say i missed the whole process but i was you know kind of back and forth the whole time for you know whatever that was an hour so you'd say that you prefer things being planned out hmm. i mean as much as possible <laughs> in life sure <laughs> savannah didn't remember that you came back with donuts no, for Rhett, and that was the highlight of all three births for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember um, eating the donuts. You mean, or yeah, you know. when you a, came back with donuts <laughs> after Rhett, I had a friend come with. Um, what's that chicken place that I like? Popeyes. Yeah, oh, Popeyes. so good! It was like a Popeyes spicy mm -hmm. chicken sandwich. Mmm, mmm. My highlight was when you came back, and I was able to sleep when Archie was born. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. because we were zipped off to the hospital and Eric was left there with Theo by himself. Yeah, and you for... told me you'd be back. <laughs> and we came back later. And we came back and Eric's standing behind Theo and Theo's like <laughs> ten inches from the TV screen, like, hey mom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that's how he started watching Paw Patrol. <laughs> that is actually how he started watching Paw Patrol. <laughs> We're doing so well limiting TV time before you, Eric. <laughs> it would have never happened anyways. <laughs> uh, all right. What has been your greatest lesson thus far in your fatherhood journey? Um, I have a lot to learn from my kids. <laughs> um I think, I mean, you, you come into parenthood kind of thinking, or at least I kind of came into parenthood thinking, okay, what do I have to teach this, this little human being to be successful in life and to be successful in, you know, in society and, um, you know, what, what do I have to pour into, to them? Um, and I think I just, you know, day in, day out, there's always something that I realize like, wow, okay, like maybe, maybe I can learn here too. Um, so I think there's, you know, they test your patience. They test your, your, your limits. They test your knowledge. They test your, you know, everything really. <laughs> um, and I think it's just really important to step back and realize that, that you can learn from that too. Um, and it's not just, um, you know, it's not just you teaching them everything. Um, I mean, there's, there's obviously lots that, that we're responsible as parents to teach our kids. But for me, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned from being a parent over the last, you know, five and a half years is I've still got a lot to learn too. Mm hmm. Hmm. Biggest lesson. Um, 
Uh, I mean, joking, jokingly, going to bed early is a great idea. <laughs> Do it. Um, but yeah, pa- patience is a is is a big thing. Patience not only with with Link and and him learning and being able to speak and, and like me being able to learn what he's saying or trying to communicate to me, but like learning how to be a good partner to my wife and be able to support her the way that she needs to be supported as well while she's you know being the one at home teaching link and and with him for 24 hours really like 24 hours every day so um just kind of being patient and and learning how to be a better partner it's a good one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've learned that too as well yeah that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, do you guys ever experience or like struggle with like dad guilt or parent shaming or judgment? I don't think I deal with like parent shaming slash or, or judgment per except, se. Except for me. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We are the source. Like, yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely like, I definitely have dad guilt just because, you know, I'm again, I'm not home very often, so I don't get to experience the the things or I'm not like there to help them or or all the things I want to be um and then you know the times that I'm home if he's miserable or or like in a like a terrible mood and you know I'm not as patient with him because of it because I just had a long day or didn't sleep because I'm up late or you know my fault but like whatever it's 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 a thing um I don't know that that would be kind of my experience dad guilt per se i i wouldn't say i struggle being a father or attempting to be a father so far uh but yeah definitely the the guilt in not being there and not being as patient as as need to be when you are there yeah yeah i would say um i don't necessarily feel guilty you know for um or, or um, let me rephrase that. Um, I think where I feel guilty is when um, when my sort of imperfections or my flaws as as a person kind of show through in my parenting. Um, you know, when when I lose my patience or when I you know when I'm frustrated or stressed about work or something, and that comes out at the kids um, or even at at Savannah, that. Um, then, then I right away feel, feel guilty that, I mean, that has nothing to do with them that had, you know, they weren't the cause of the root of, of that frustration or that stress or anything, but, um, they're the ones that ended up having to, to sort of deal with that. Right. So whether I'm, you know, I'm snappier, I raise my voice with the kids or, um, or I just shut down and start like, just doing things, um, you know, out of frustration or out of, you know, what have you, um, that, that's when I start to feel guilty and, and don't feel like, um, I'm putting, you know, the best into the kids or into the, you know, the family, um, you know, in terms of parent shaming your judgment, I mean, everybody's got an opinion. Um, I, I tend not to listen to them. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in, you know, our ability to raise our kids and, and the decisions that we make. And so. Um, that makes one like, of us. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just feel like if somebody wants to, to come and tell me that I'm doing it wrong, then then I'm happy to ignore that. So uh, <laughs> talk to um, the hand. I mean, it's you know they're they're welcome to share their experiences with me, and you know if, if there's something that they, are you talking about me? <laughs> no, I'm no, I mean like you know I'm thinking of like experiences at you know at the park or at the store yeah, or yeah. wherever where it's like oh like why are you letting your kid do that or like you shouldn't let him climb up there he's gonna fall. It's like great then he's gonna fall. And my parenting <laughs> choice is that he can fall and learn not to climb. Up there. Um, you know, I was raised in an environment Safely. where, you yeah. know, if, if you didn't break <laughs> a bone and you weren't bleeding, then you weren't hurt. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I just think that there's, there's different ways to raise your kids and everybody's got a slightly different opinion on how to do that. Um, and if, if somebody would like to share their opinion on how I'm raising my kids, then, you know, I, I tend not to, to feel, you know, shame or judgment for that. I, I tend to, you know, really just retain the confidence in the decisions that I've made or that we've made as parents um, and, and sort of allow that person's comments to, to sort of either fade away or, or maybe there is something helpful that they've said, but. Um, I mean, I think I carry enough shame and guilt for the both of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> Going for the Water team. off a duck's back. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Whack. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what has been your favorite parenting moment thus far? Like parenting as in like teaching them or like, I guess if not teaching them, my favorite thing, I mean, on a daily basis is when Link is still awake, when I'm home, he comes running to the door yelling for daddy. That's kind of my favorite moments. (laughs) I don't, again, as I'm gone, most most every day I don't get very many experiences. So the mornings where he's like sitting next to me and we're watching cartoons or like I'm holding the Cheerios and he wants to give me a Cheerio so that he can (laughs) eat a Cheerio. You know, those are, those are my favorite moments. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, I really, really enjoy the, the times when like all of the kids are, you know, we're all in the same spot and we're all kind of doing something just silly or fun or, you know, we're wrestling or we're, you know, we're playing a game or we're doing, you know, um, where I'm not worried about something else going on. I think for, for me, there's always a million things in my head. Um, and so it's hard sometimes to just pause and, and just, you know, enjoy the fact that, you know, we've got three happy, healthy kids that are, um, you know, that are doing really well and that are, you know, that are really amazing people. Um, so to just, you know, take those moments in when, when they're just being happy kids and, and I'm able to be there and experience it and, um, sort of live in that moment for a second. Um, you know, I don't always take the time to, to appreciate those moments, but, but those would kind of be my favorite times. Cute. <laughs> um, okay. Ready for the juicy question? Oh boy. <laughs> How has your mindset changed about like, our marriage and partnership like changed after adding the kids like how has how has having children affected your thoughts on i mean you know mine not much <laughs> i like not not much really like i my point of view i guess shines might be very 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 different <laughs> but, like, i don't i don't think much about those things um he doesn't worry I, about a man yeah, exactly <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think much changed. I, I don't like the way that I am with Cheyenne and Cheyenne is with me and I, everything like that. I, I, not much has changed. Um, 
I, like obviously, as I've said, I've said earlier, I'm definitely there's times where I could be a better partner, or I'm learning to be a better partner, and um, how to properly care for my wife, and and in turn, I guess properly care for our son. Um, but uh, yeah, not 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 much has changed. <laughs> I think we we had a, a really quick sort of dating period before we had Theo. You think? So, <laughs> I mean, we've been married for 47 years and we dated for like three days. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, um, I think it's, you know, having kids obviously does change your relationship, I think. Um, I think you, your focus changes from this is the one person that I'm investing my time, effort, energy into to now here's two people or three people or four people. Um, and it's, it's really easy to shift, you know, 100% of your attention to 50% of your attention to 33% of your attention to 25% of your attention. And I've started throwing out numbers. I blacked out. I literally just totally disassociated. <laughs> I was so just I, staring. If I start throwing out numbers, then she'll black out and not do the Oh, God. Bit, I'm like sweating. <laughs> no, it's, I was I like, mean, how it's... is he counting so quick? I need to get out my pencil. Uh, can you add like an infographic of like one out of four equals to anyway? <laughs> no, I just, I think it's really easy to shift sort of all of your focus to, you know, part of your focus and, and that's detrimental to a relationship. And I think it's something that we've talked about in the past and, you know, and we mm -hmm. continue to work on and struggle with is um, having time for each other within the context of being parents to our children, mm -hmm. um, you know, building our relationship and, and dating each other still, you know, even, you know, we're married, we're, we're, you know, a number Old. of years into, you know, being parents and established in a sort of a routine of, of what we do every day kind of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's really something that before you have kids, you can just go and do something, you know, you want to go bowling tonight? Sure. Let's go bowling tonight. Like, um, you know, and, and you just don't have those same kinds of opportunities. And, and our journey has kind of bounced us around from place to place where we haven't necessarily had support to work on us or, or to be a part of, you know, our relationship as opposed to us as parents. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we had Theo, we moved to Kingston, we moved to Oshawa, we, we've moved around a bunch, we've moved away from where family is, you know, we've had, you know, you know, you guys have been um, amazing supports in Kingston, but then we moved to Oshawa and we moved back to home. So there's there's been a bunch of um, you know reasons why or, or you know hurdles that we've we've had to jump over to try and still build our relationship. Um, and it's it hasn't always been easy. But you know, before you have kids, I think it's it's something that you you really take for granted, or you, you know you don't appreciate as much. Um, and then after you have kids, you kind of have to really try um, and have to really invest that time and effort and energy into continuing to build your relationship because um, well, once, once your kids graduate and move out of the house, like that, that is still your life partner. That is still the person that you're going to be spending the rest of your life with. Right. So um, you don't, you can't lose all of those middle years and, and still expect to have a healthy relationship at the end. True that. <laughs> What is one thing that you hope your kids learn, feel, or take away um, from you? Sure. Uh, <laughs> so the, the immediate thing I think of when I hear this question is, well, what's one thing I took from my dad? Um, and, and I think the biggest, um, 
The biggest thing that I felt as a kid and the biggest thing that I, I took a lot of time to understand um, was was his physical presence. Um, my dad worked three different jobs to afford having six children and my mom not working for 17 years. Um, so I think there was a lot of times where my dad just wasn't there. Um, you know, he was, he was home, you know, he would, he would be leaving at six o'clock in the morning. He would be home at nine o'clock at night. You know, he'd be out again, you know, six, seven days of the week working, right. Um, trying to do everything he could to, to provide for his family as, as, you know, as society expected him to, and as, as he needed to financially. Um, and so I, I felt that he wasn't present for a lot of my, my childhood. Um, so I didn't feel strongly bonded to him emotionally. I didn't feel strongly, you know, I didn't, I didn't appreciate or respect what it was that, that he was providing for our family um, until I kind of got to the age where I could start working with him. And then, you know, spending those summers and spending that time going to work with him and, you know, seeing what he did and seeing what he put himself through to, to be there for his family and hearing him talk about his family to other people. Um, those things were all really important to me understanding who my dad was. Um, and so if I'm looking at that experience and I'm looking at my kids, what I want them to think and feel is that I'm here and that I care about them and that I'm, I'm doing everything I can to be a part of their lives and provide for them and, and show them what respect looks like and show them what, um, you know, doing your best looks like and showing them what 100% looks like. Um, like those are the things that I hope they can learn from me. And because those are the things that I learned from my dad, but it took me a roundabout way to learn those things. Mine's not as, as, as wordy, Chris, you're so, you're so wordy. <laughs> you, you, you give me all those big words. Yeah, I know. Um, Eric's a man of little words. Yeah, that's right. Few words. My, my experience, I, I mean, like I still want, I view it as what did I learn from my parents as well? Um, like my mom and dad showed me like unending love um and like that they're always there and that i can always talk to them and if i ever needed something to reach out maybe to a flaw um but like i just i always or i want link to be able to know that he can always talk to us or reach out to us or or, or you know be able to ask us for anything and be comfortable coming to tell us things you know i don't want him to hide things from us or feel that he can't Trust be you. open yeah be open about things or trust us uh, I, I mean i was joking with cheyenne i like i want to be a friend as well as a father uh, mm -hmm. like i want to him to be comfortable asking me to come do things with him as well like him and his friends or whatever else so yeah i think that's a good point i think for you know one of the other things that my parents taught us is that you know trust them right like they they have our best interests at heart and they um you know we might not always agree with the decisions that they make as parents but uh, to trust them and to be able to um you know to make to, the correct decisions. to know that they'll trust us right mm -hmm. yeah. so I, I want you know just like you say i want my kids to trust that you know i will i will respect whatever they are telling me and that they they can come and, and talk to to me and to us you know growing up later in life i mean all of our kids are young still but um but you want them to be able to talk to you you want them to be able to trust you too um okay so what advice would you give dads to be especially with the pandemic <laughs> 
what would what would you say to new dads? Uh, I mean, again, man of little words, but like, <laughs> be yourself. Um, you know, as long as it's not harmful to <laughs> yourself, your wife, or your kids, be yourself. If yourself is harmful, you need to check things out. But like, yeah, be yourself. Um, be open. Um, don't don't be afraid to make the wrong choice or the wrong decision. You learn from those kind of things. Um, yeah. Be, be loving and, and open to, to being there for, yeah, being there for your partner as well. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's really good. Um, that's a good point to make. Like, you know, as, as the dad, you will feel an enormous amount of pressure to provide and to be sort of everything you can be for your family. And, um, it's easy to, to burn out or get, or get stressed about everything that you need to be and do. Um, you know, just as I'm sure moms feel the same thing for, for, you know, when they're expecting, um, you know, dads feel that too. Um, you know, dads feel that in a different way, I think. Um, so be, be okay with that. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of resources that you can read and books that you can look at and, you know, you can feel like, you know, everything there is to know, but you don't and you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you have to trust yourself. You have to trust your partner and you have to kind of work together, um, to help overcome some of those, those stresses and pieces and, um, you know, and be able to talk about what you're feeling, and what you're going through. Um, I think one of the things for me was I just felt like I had to do it all myself because you were you were the one carrying the, the you know carrying the child and had your own set of stressors and stuff that you were dealing with. So, um, you know, I think it's important to to talk about where you're at and, and what you're feeling and what your capacity is and um, you know mm-hmm. and, and and roll with it. You know, <laughs> no matter what you do, you, you, there's going to be stuff you don't expect. So, um, roll with it, learn from it. And, you know, do your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just want to make a comment. My advice to dads to be would be um, to like along those lines, because I feel like dads are expected to know and do everything, but there's not as much like support and preparation that goes into that. Like the moms are usually the ones reading the expecting books and like taking the classes or doing the the reading and the research. And there's not as much like hands-on information or prep for like dads. Like Eric came from a family, he'd never like held a baby (laughs) really until like we had our son. Whereas I grew up like taking babysitting, taking care of kids. Um, so like in that aspect, like don't be afraid to voice your hesitancies or like your, like if you have questions about how to properly change or like how to do bath time, like voice those so that you can learn. And hopefully you have an open and supportive partner who can also like help Mm -hmm. teach you. Um, which from the mom's side of you is sometimes hard to do when like you just have your way and you think it's the best way. But like, (laughs) that's, I think, um, yeah, have, have a voice and express, I think, if you have concerns about your role. Mm -hmm. And I think also some good advice for dads to be is ensure that you have a well-stocked chocolate cabinet, uh, (laughs) a donut cabinet cabinet for our house. um, (laughs) Those, right. those, oh my god can we make those con, you know, like a donut cabinet? <laughs> yeah. 
like a just donut, like, like a, a dispenser, peg <gasps> pegboard. Yeah, so, something like that, where you can just select your donut and it will just appear for you. <laughs> that would after honestly I drive to Tim Hortons and buy it. Yeah, have made your life so much easier. <laughs> All right. So at the end of every episode, we um, allow our guests to ask us a question. Any question you would like to ask us? Do you guys have any? Or a few? <laughs> Which one should I read, Chris? Uh-oh. <laughs> They're being I, sus. I would, I would say question number two. Um, okay, but if, but if, number if two. you're looking for a joke, feel free to ask question number one. <laughs> <laughs> How, how, how are you're, you looking for a joke you're in cahoots <laughs> what is happening we'll take both go ahead all right so the joke question was have you ever wanted to eat your child <laughs> oh my God. okay but the reason that we thought that question was appropriate or not appropriate necessarily but the reason that that question came up is how often did you holding your newborn baby lean right in and go and like inhale your baby every day all the time. Multiple times a day. It, it looks a little to, like cannibalism. To this day. To this day. <laughs> I don't think I've ever wanted to eat them. I mean, I do. I just want to like bite you know? I, just, yeah. I just feel like it's a fine I just, line. <laughs> I just feel like like we're on the edge and it just takes a little push. It's such a weird instinct. But I do that with but Eric, normal. too. Like, sometimes I just want to bite his arm, you know? like <laughs> She literally comes up to me and just, like, opens her mouth on my arm. And I'm like... <laughs> you wind up the fist and you're like, stop it. Stop it right now. Eric, Eric blink twice if you're in trouble. <laughs> I can't blink enough. <laughs> the real question, though, was uh, when do you feel Chris and I stepped up and like felt like we were dad instead of just like Chris and Eric? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you are Chris and Eric. Yeah, but like you just happen to you, you just happen to be dads. When do you feel like we stepped <clears throat> stepped into the role as dad instead of just you know us? Currently, or when was the first time? First time. First time. Okay. Um, for me, I think it was like in labor, um, because. I think I was really like zoned into you and you were very like physically supportive and like emotionally supportive. And I was impressed by your abilities there. Um, and that like extended into our first like, um, like week or two home. I've talked about this before. Like I was just like overwhelmingly impressed by how supportive you were of me and like attentive and zoned in for someone who's not usually <laughs> for someone who's not usually um yes aware <laughs> no but like not like um aware of others um <laughs> you were very aware and i appreciated that i think for me it was uh, I don't know, the second or third night home after we had Theo, um, I did not know what I was doing breastfeeding and I was so flippin' frustrated at everything. And I just remember I was like cracks and blood and all the things. And I remember 
sitting in the rocking chair in his room and just sobbing and like yelling for you to come and help me. And then you were just like really calm and you were like, okay. And you like YouTube, like how to get a good latch. And then you just like sat there on the stool and like held my hand while the entire time I was feeding him. And then that night, every time I woke up, you came with me into the room to like help me feed, not necessarily like help me latch him again, but just to like sit there with me and yeah, I think that was the moment I was like, whoa, like this is like a different like level of support. Like you're always really supportive, but that was just like above and beyond because I was just like so lost and so tired and like, I don't know. I felt like you were like saving me at that moment. And I was like, wow, <laughs> dad mode activated. Give <laughs> 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 me that life raft. <laughs> Yeah, I think we did that for for quite a while. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was like he, like he slept in the crib beside us or in the bassinet or, or whatever you call it. At, you know, when they're you know six inches long, um, <laughs> little. But he, like I, I remember getting up and walking around the bed and yeah. picking him up and literally like setting him in your lap in the bed so that you you know you didn't have to kind of get up and, and move yeah. around because you're still sore and that kind of stuff. And you know, we did that for a while. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Wow. Was, that wasn't a we fun did time. <laughs> was there something you guys wished we knew then that we know now? Like you guys as mothers, as like new mothers, like what did you wish that we knew? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I wish that. All of it? Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I wish that. Like, we both knew how much uh, we, how much we had to focus on our relationship. Like, I feel like we spent the first few years of having Theo, like, really focusing on him. Like, every conversation was about, like, a diaper change or, like, how many peas he's had that day or, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. what we were going to eat for dinner. And, like, we forgot to just be us. Um. So I wish that we we both knew that earlier and how important that would be um, to like balancing our relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a hard one that I wish you knew then. Or that you wish you knew now. <laughs> <laughs> um don't tempt her. The list sounds wrong. <laughs> Would you like that chronologically or alphabetically? <laughs> I, she has a PDF version. Don't worry. Um, I think the, the ongoing thing for us is just like the, yeah, disproportionate responsibility from the get-go, like from conception and just understanding the magnitude of changes that I've had to endure or that I've had to like, like physically put my body through and just like, just kind of understanding that and being a little bit more supportive of that sometimes. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, that's, that's a fair thing to, to comment because, you know, as, as the really the only contribution we make is, well, 
Everyone, yeah. everyone knows what the contribution <laughs> we make is. Uh, we, we don't have to worry about the, the body changes and the hormonal changes and all of the, the pieces that, that come with pregnancy and, and delivery and recovery. I just feel like it's a soul change. Like mm-hmm. from the instant that we are pregnant, it's like a soul change for us. Whereas like it changes you, but it changes you later. And I feel like it doesn't quite hit soul until even later, you know? Does that make sense? Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. Because like that's Eric's comment all the time is like not much has changed for him. Mm -hmm. Like he, for the most part, goes on daily life as usual with a little bit more complaining from me. Um, (laughs) 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 But like I think I like and that's part of the societal like aspect too yeah. is that like he is at work and so he's not physically present to experience the depth of growth and change that I've been able to experience. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you gentlemen for joining us yeah. and for bringing your perspectives and insight to our female dominated podcast we appreciate it it was fun um and happy father's day to yeah, both of you happy father's and day. to any of our listeners um if you happen to be a man listening to our podcast or maybe you're a mom and you've had to step into the father role as well whatever that may be um happy father's day to you all so until next week guys remember that we, we love, love you, you.